Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome to our fitness family around the world, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. I'm your host, Sandy Webster, and I'm really looking forward to my conversation today with Tracy Markley. She is the founder and owner of Tracy's Personal Training, Pilates, and Yoga, and she recently was named the 2021 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. Tracy has written six books on stroke recovery and brain function, with two more in the making. She is the author and creator of the CEC course, Stroke Recovery and Exercise, and is a guest speaker at several stroke recovery support groups. Tracy is also the host of her own radio show, Health and Fitness with Tracy, with KXCRFM Radio on the Oregon coast. We have a lot of ground to cover with Tracy today, so stay with us as we get the conversation started. Welcome, Tracy Markley, and thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know this has been a super busy summer for you as you literally moved recently from Oregon back to Southern California. So welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back in the sunshine. (laughs) So you are among the standout fit pros that I consider to be an unsung humble hero in the industry. And the reason for that is you have done such incredible work to help special populations, yet you've flown very low under the radar in terms of kind of notoriety in the, in the fitness industry. Would you please start by giving us an overview of your professional fitness journey and trace (laughs) your career path to where you are today? Brief, briefly. (laughs) And thank you for that. Well, after I graduated Orange Coast College with my certificate and um, I didn't know what I was going to do. So about a month before I graduated, somebody called me a woman who had her own business. She ran it from a chiropractor's office who was an IDEA member. She called IDEA asking for a female about 10 years younger than her that lived around there. She wanted to sell the business to. I was the only one that showed up. So idea connected me. And then I went, I postponed a little bit thinking, oh, it's going to cost a lot of money, but she wanted, she wanted out. She wanted to go sell candles. So I started the, I started there, but what was surprising to me, I graduated everything. I had people coming with lupus, arthritis, fibromyalgia. I'm like, what's that? We didn't learn about that. So was this her client base anyway? They were. Um, No, only a few of her clients stayed with me. The new people started coming in that way. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so long story short, I thought, how can I train these people without this knowledge? Because basically, the you know, you go over arthritis and things, but you don't go over everything deeply. So I found someone that a nurse that did certifications in fibromyalgia, arthritis, osteoporosis. So I just started taking them. Then I reached out to I found Paul Check and started doing Paul Check's anatomy of the corner. So that kind of got me more based. That I started being known as like the physical therapist. <laughs> a physical therapy trainer in the industry as people find me. So, and it just led from there and it just kept growing. And then I ended up, I was working a part-time in a, off, a pediatrician office at the time. So I slowly went full-time and then it just started growing. And then as I moved on and went to Oregon in 2013, I started working, stroke survivors started coming towards me mm-hmm. that were more raw, because I met stroke survivors, but it was almost like you didn't have to know a whole bunch about it, maybe a little bit. They're way behind the recovery. I was getting people on walkers, 
like there should have been a physical therapy six more months before I met him. Mm-hmm. Then I just started realizing my knowledge and work that I know worked with it. And it just started being the new niche. Didn't go looking for it. Just kind of it kept going you. that way. It, yeah. <laughs> it found the right person. Um, yeah. So as I mentioned in the intro before the show, you were recently named the 2021 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. Um, and th- this is my first um, chance to congratulate you first, you know, in person, kind of Thank in person, face to face. So first, uh, huge congratulations on that accolade. It's it's a big one. Um, Thank you. And I, I was hoping you could um, describe what the award means to you and how you plan to use your platform to elevate your message as a wellness educator, a stroke recovery expert, and as a fitness pro? Well, it means it means a lot to me to be, I see it as recognized by your peers, by my peers, and higher educate people who are more educated than me in the industry. I think, notice I have, thinks I'm doing something that works, and that just makes me feel, it feels really good. Because sometimes you're just in your work, and you think you're, you know, you, you the recognition helps. It just kind of, you know, makes you feel better. It's like, oh, good, I'm there. Because my goal was to always become an educator. And now I am, and I love that. So I've met that goal too. And so I'm um, having the, being the recipient of the award, I'm hoping it will help bring me a bigger audience to help teach more. Because I real the things I teach, especially the stroke recovery, I really have a passion. It's very needed. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it will bring more of an audience of people knowing how much this is needed in the world. Mm-hmm. And my teachings of it could help spread the word because it's, a, it's I don't know, somehow it's a passion in my heart that I'm hoping my platform helps. So, yeah. you know, when you talk about teaching, are, are you doing um, webinars? Are you doing in-person events? Is it a combination of a bunch of different things? How does, how does that well, present itself? Well, I have itself? a course. I have a course, Stroke Recovery Training. It's with the functional, it's on the Functional Aging um, Institute F- website right now. FAI. Okay. And so it's a, a full course. It's really intense. And I also have my books I've written too. So I have books for stroke survivors. And so I have education for the stroke survivors and caregivers and for the industry. So it's Uh kind of a mixed combo. So I'm hoping everyone who wants to can get educated because the survivors need to be educated. Mm -hmm. They're caregivers. The more they know, the more they can find a knowledgeable help, someone to help them. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the knowledge, they may connect with limited people, which they'll get limited recovery and they won't even know they're limited. So I try to train both and I speak at stroke support groups and I recently just became um, the executive director at the Long Beach Stroke Support Association that's starting right now. Congratulations. um, Thank you. So it's a small part-time thing, but it's huge, but it's, it's a smaller thing, but so I'm trying to, um, how do I put it? So I'm teaching through the course and I want to start being able to, maybe teach you the idea event, you know, when the idea gets to be live again and um, things like that. That's my goal. Yeah. Terrific. Um, while we're on this topic um, and with this being such a passion of yours, I, I was thinking, you know, as the population ages and as our general health profile in North America just keeps degrading, um, more and more people are going to have strokes. It's just kind of a, a, a numbers thing, right? 
Um, what do you think the industry needs in terms of enhanced professional education for working with people who are in stroke recovery? What do they need? What they, what should should fit pros who want to get into this area be focusing on in terms of their their continuing ed? I think a big part is also knowing that a stroke is brain injury. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the strokes are it could be this, the same side effects as someone that was in a car accident, a brain injury or hit their head in a pool. So it's, it's a brain injury. And, but knowing muscles and movement, if you're, if you're, cause most likely they're going to come to fitness professionals to get the physical part back, right. even though we're helping mentally, emotionally, and spiritually too, but they're trusted. They want their arm to move again, or they want their foot to stop dragging, knowing the muscles, where they attach, what movements they do, which movements they help with will help somebody help get an arm movement back. Cause if they can't, you know, like lift their arm up to here, if you don't know what goes on in the shoulder blades and the rhomboids and all the muscles back here that participate in that, and you're just working the elbow, it's not going to help bring the arm back. So knowing anatomy, physiology, where they attach, what movement and how it kind of pieces together, like how the brain goes to one movement first before the next, mm-hmm. because you can't give, you can't train movement back if you don't know what makes the movement. Right. So, so that's a, the huge part. It's just, it sounds like a lot of, uh, a lot of study mm-hmm. to become um, even proficient in this area. And also understanding mentally, emotionally what they go through. So I, I've had, you know, back in college years ago, some psychology classes, speech, communication classes, like communicating with people, not so much speech standing in public, you know, communicating with people, communication is is it's essential because if they're tra- the stroke survivors trying to tell you something and you're not listening or you're not paying attention or if they might come in and go, oh, my pinky moved last night. Well, that, that means their brain's trying to get to there. That means one of the nerves, the big nerve that goes to the pinky is waking up. That means you start to go focusing on their hand. If you're not listening and you're just following, oh, I saw these three exercises on YouTube. I think I'll use my client. It's just, it's not the same. You yeah. got to hear them. Every client is going to be different too. Just, you know, exactly. just like your regular, apparently healthy clients, mm-hmm. we're, we're all unique slow snowflakes, right? We exactly we all have something different going on, um, and I can see that it's probably layers of of that with a stroke survivor. Oh yeah, and also knowing, you know, they go through, like like for example, they feel like they're a stranger in their own body. Mm. so commute for them communicating to their own body to move. So they're just like lost sometimes that they're so understanding what they're going through. Those dynamics helps too. Right. And sometimes they forget things you tell them. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say a lot of psychology, but there's a lot of just knowing mental, how to communicate people, listen, watch hear. That's really right. important as well. Right. So these are all what I would call softer skills or personality traits that that a a trainer would have um, to help a fit pro be successful in in this area. But really, in in all of training, do you you feel like um, first of all, what aside from communication and kind of the psychological study of this area, what are other soft skills that you think? Uh, fit pros need to be successful in this area? And and then as a follow-on to that, do you think these skills are trainable? Hmm. You know, that last part of your question, I don't know. 
Because it's almost like when you go out with your, your friends or other people, there's some people you just kind of go, they just don't get it. <laughs> like they can't, they don't ever get the connection of other human. And some people just have it. So I don't know how much is trainable. You can learn more about it, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it's just a click. Some people have it. Some people don't. You're just in life. We wonder that sometimes, but, um, <laughs> you know, what I mean? but, um, trying to learn, I think if you have the, the passion to go learn that, then you will, if you're open to know, I need to learn how to listen better or, or understand, Oh, the caregivers and the survivor most likely has some portion of, of um, post-traumatic stress going on. Because the caregivers and their family and their spouses are going through their level of stuff when they're there too. So there's the dynamics of everything and you got to be kind to them. I find the worst thing you never want to say to them is um, no pain, no gain, all those little cliches. It doesn't, there's just, it turns them off. It scares them away and it's not really reality because you can't psych yourself out of a brain injury. Yeah. You have to get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, ju- it, it just occurred to me that, uh, you know, the, the communication aspect with people who are with with fit pros who are training apparently healthy people is just very one to one. Whereas mm-hmm. in, in your case, you're you're having to communicate with either the main caretaker or the, the family dynamic mm-hmm. and deal with that as well. I mean, that yeah. that's a, that definitely takes some finesse in communication and, and those softer skills we were talking about. And the man that was the, the man that, um, Gary, he was in my book, Dear Stroke, You Suck, The Journey of Fitness Center and Stroke Survivor. He wanted a story share. So we did the book. He unfortunately passed before it came out, but he had, I didn't put this in the book. He had some family dynamics and understanding how they affect him. So sometimes if he was having issues with his wife, not being real understanding, he would almost would be, is if he declined the next visit. Mm. And I started noticing the pattern. So we would take a walk that day before his visit. So he kind of, so he had, because sometimes what they're going through at home, they don't always have a cheerleaders in love. Sometimes the people avoid them, you know, they're, they're going through their own personal struggle home with their, with the, what they're going through. I've worked with some survivors and I have a big support group. I run on Facebook, like for over 4,000 people in it. And some of them have the best support and other people are like, my family just leaves me home alone in my room. They don't talk to me. Mm. And yeah, so it's really hard psychology wise or just connecting with them. It's a lot to take on. Yeah. So you can't go home and be, you, you get attached, but it's very, by the end of the day, it's very emotional. You have to, you know, it's kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I'm just curious then what are your strategies for, you know, leaving work behind and getting on with, your Tracy's day as, you know, not the trainer, but as in your personal life, how do you, how do you close the door on business that day? And, and it's wrought with emotion. It sounds like often, um, how do you just make a clean break there? And what are your strategies for that? Because I get attached. I I take, I take a deep breath and just kind of put it aside for the day. But sometimes it's like, but their finger wasn't working yesterday, but I know know, my, my brain starts processing I, wait a minute, this happened. Listen, I'll wake up in the morning. like, Oh, they can do this. So my brain just goes, I try to make it just separate, but I'll wake up in the morning and whatever. It's like, Oh no, we can get that ball that, you know, all these ideas just always floating in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I may have a harder time separating. Yeah. 
Um, I, I wanted to move to what I look at as kind of a, another layer of what you do. You, you had mentioned, uh, I asked you for some bullet points of things that you wanted to talk about today. And you mentioned in that pre-interview conversation that in three decades, decades of training, one of your perennial client bases is people who are 45 to 60 who have been caretaking for their elderly patient parents and end up gaining a lot of weight during the process. So I'm wondering when they reach out to you for help after their parents have passed away, what is that conversation like? They've come to you for help. They want to train. They want to lose weight. Um, what, what do you think they need the most or what have you seen they need the most when they first come to you? And then how do you progress them? I think they need compassion non-judgment. Um, they're usually in a state of sadness or grieving or depression or some somewhere in those, if we have to label it somewhere in there. Um, it's nice not to label them. People don't want to be labeled. And they're there. It's, it's physical, but a big part of it is letting them feel okay mentally, emotionally, physically where they are at the moment. It's not right or you know, black and white, good or bad. You're broken now. We'll fix it then. There's, you know, it's the big journey of it all. And because they've, in a way, separated themselves from their own body to take care of everything out here. And they have to kind of reconnect right. and that's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, depending on their mindset with, you know, spiritually, if they, you know, however they connect in that. And they want to just be treated kindly and not, I think, kindness and non-judgmental and not feeling like they're so broken that they have to be fixed. You know, they have to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Wait, how do I word that? You know, instead of like extreme things, you're broke, let's fix, or you're, it's black, that's why. It's, it's like, okay, you're here and it's a journey. And because if you're, if they're grieving or if they're mourning, it comes in layers, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't have control of it. I know there's the, I think it's the seven, the seven things of grieving, but I try not to put that on my clients because that doesn't really help. Half of them don't follow that pattern. It, it's just, it's what it is. You wake up sad, you wake up happy, a car drive by and all of a sudden, you know, it just, it hits you and you never know what they're going through before they walk in and, and what's going on in the environment, the gym around them that may trigger them. So I think the main thing, kindness, they want hope, but not fake raw, raw hope. Woohoo. It's like need, you know, human connection and, and knowing they're not the only one going through it, and it's normal for a lot yeah. of people. And really that you're there for them and you're, yeah. you're, you're meeting them exactly where they are and whatever it's going to be today is what it's going to be. But I'm sure they need a little push sometimes. I mean, do you ever do you ever push a little bit? Oh, yeah, I do. Like, but I'll yeah, I do. But I don't override their. It depends where they're at. I There's like. Working with people like with the brain injuries or all the different things and dynamics, I, when I get to know them, I kind of know, you know what, today I can't push them. Or they say, like, oh, we're going. Be quiet. Right. Let's go. Yeah. You can't, you can't have to know the day where they're at, where you can, like with all your clients. Yeah. You just they're have just to, a little more sensitive. You have to read those signals and watch what's happening and how their body's moving and even like their facial expression and the things that they're saying. There's, yes. It's just you. It's this whole sensory intake that you have to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
So I'm going to switch gears here, Tracy. Um, my idea colleague, Judy Minnick, wrote a really beautiful piece on you um, for our September-October issue. Um, it, it was in our awards coverage, and it spoke of your unique challenges with masking during pandemic. Um, and this is because you are partially deaf in one ear and almost totally right. deaf in the other. Yeah. Um, and so wearing a mask is clearly an impediment for you as a trainer who does a lot of lip reading. Um, so also, you know, I imagine many of your elderly clients are wearing hearing aids or hearing impaired and hearing impaired. And so again, reading lips might be really important. I mean, how did you navigate this? It wasn't easy. And I will be honest, though, in the time, especially in the pandemic, first hit and we were getting closed down. We couldn't see clients anyway. So I switched to Zoom. I didn't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be time. Oh, you go back up. No, you're closed. Open back up. No, you're closed. I just didn't open up, back, open up during those times because I just, I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. And I knew those clients wouldn't come anyway because they know they couldn't hear and they're older and confused with the pandemic and everything as well. And um, they, but at that time, just to be honest with you, right when the pandemic hit, about a few weeks later, I, I was shut down like everyone. And then my stepdad got cancer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even try. I did my, my people on Zoom and I didn't go in person with people. It was just because it's draining. So there's a thing called listening fatigue, if, if you saw in the article. When you, you, we read lips a lot. And there's also a lot of people who don't ha- realize they have hearing loss that when the mask, we had to wear mask, they realize how much they just naturally read lips too. Because mm-hmm. people just kind of do. So when that's taken away from you, because reading it puts pieces of words and letters and sounds together, you're like, all your senses heighten and it wipes you out. Mm-hmm. I could not have seen very many clients. So if I went back to work and it was all good, I probably could have seen three clients a day and I would have stopped. Mm-hmm. It would have it made my energy levels if I saw 10 people and I just saw three, because it's exhausting mm-hmm. to try to do that. And so when you're training clients that have that, it's good to know they're probably having that going on too. They're exhausted. Yeah, I I just um, I found this fascinating because it's, it's certainly something that didn't occur to me, and so I'm sure it hasn't occurred to a lot of people. And so that this mm-hmm. is just such a, a great thing to touch on, and you know, get some get some uh, conversation around. Yeah, um, and I, I know regarding this, that you wanted to share some thoughts you have about approaching clients and coworkers regarding masking um, from a place of kindness instead of judgment. And I was hoping you could elaborate on that for us. Well, my thoughts on that are, is how do I word this? Because I don't want anyone, anyone to feel insulted at any end of it. Um, Because we all have our own reasons for wearing it, not wearing it, you know, being safe, you know, everyone has their I don't want to put the word fear out there, but you know, it is natural. We, nobody wants to catch COVID. We're concerned. We're worried. We're scared, but it's not like, we're like, Oh my God. Or, you know, that, that big word that's thrown out there. It's like, there's big labels on people. It's like, well, I don't really think the government's trying to force me to catch COVID and kill me. I just kind of don't want to get it. And I don't want my mom to get it. I just lost my two parents. I lost a friend of a girl, a couple years old. I lost her to it this year. Hmm. My friend's neighbor died. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics around it. So being kind to people about it. Um, I think it's good not to give an extreme opinion to all our clients about it. Cause I think that's going to turn half of them off and 
you know, causing se- causes separation. Mm-hmm. If you're in a group of people, it's, it's almost like politics. You know, you can't bring certain things up in groups. You just can't. And you don't want that environment in your studio. You don't want that environment. You have group training. There's just like, just be safe. This is the rules. Just wear it. And that's, you know, just, is that making sense? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, people don't want to feel isolated or uncomfortable. So like, for instance, like when my dad was, both my fathers this year, I rented, I lost them. Both of them had to be with masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the whole last year, anyone has had hospital visits, lost patients, parents, friends, we're all on masks. And so we're a little, probably more wanting to wear it. So you don't know why somebody wants to, so just let everybody wear them and not let everybody do what they need to do and don't get on them for it. Does that right. make any sense? <laughs> it, no, to- total sense. And I just wanted to say from my heart, I'm so sorry for your for your personal loss. I mean, that, that's that's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. And um, then my dog too. I'm a, my dog. Oh, <laughs> it's oh too much. Tracy, that's <laughs> so terrible. I'm so sorry. And um, he was a star, though. He was with all my clients as a therapy dog. My clients mm-hmm. loved him. He sat with my stroke survivors. So when I got my, I should have brought my words over there. My um, a word for my idea. I did a video the next day or pictures with my dog saying, I dedicate this to my dog too, because some of my clients, my stroke survivors, I just came to see your dog. We're just here for wasabi. I don't care about you. <laughs> so he, he was this little, little healer guy. People just love to sit with. He would sit by my clients in the wheelchairs and then battle ropes and stuff. It was oh. very special. So I dedicated it to him too. Oh, so <laughs> I forgot shout- to say that in my speech. <laughs> shout out to wasabi as yeah. well. <laughs> Um, so as, as long as we're, we're talking about loss, um, I mean, this has been a worldwide phenomenon during, uh, pandemic. So many people around the world have experienced loss during pandemic and they've lost loved ones. They've lost their businesses, their jobs, their freedoms, and so much more that we don't even know about. Um, there are also waves of PTSD and a lot of lingering sadness and grief out there. Uh, what do you think fitness pros can do to be present for clients who are grappling with such profound challenges right now? I personally think I was thinking it's a good idea if you don't know a lot about grieving, if you don't know a lot about post-traumatic stress, because some people still think that just has to do with the military. But it has to do with a lot of things people go through. And it's definitely a thing people are going through, especially since the pandemic kind of got stronger. You know, it came, went away, it came back. Um, learn about it. Read about it. I don't know if there's a course on it. May, maybe join in in some support groups. Listen to how they talk. Check them out. There's a lot of support groups on Facebook. You can just, you can read, join. If you if you hear what they're going through as a group, it kind of makes you understand what the people are coming to you or going through that one, they may not know they're going through it or they don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. but they're still at that mental or emotional level, wherever they're at, whether they're talking about it or not. So you got to be gentle with them and understand more. So I, I say read up on it, mm-hmm. read up on read up on grieving or, or what people go through and they have losses and, not always look for, okay, this may sound strange. Don't just Google the five best steps to get through this or, you know, what's the best, what's the number one way to get a client through grieving? I mean, those things aren't really the reality of people. You'll learn about it. Talk to someone. If, if you have someone you know that has post-traumatic stress, don't judge them. Talk to them about it. Yeah. It's not a weakness. It's not like they're crazy. It's just something that's triggered in their body because they've gone through pain, 
shock, trauma, losses. And it's just, it's layers of what they've gone through or, or just one thing or, you know, mm-hmm. losing when, you know, some of us it's had our closer because I shut my studio, but I'm still doing Zoom and stuff. I haven't reopened a studio. Or I don't know if I'm going to, but just the loss of a studio of your business, which becomes part of who you are, you can have a sense of that. Of course. Because it is, I know they say, don't make your business who you are, but you know, it's just reality in the world. We are pieces of what we work at. You know, it's just what, what life is. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when you lose that, you are going to grieve over it. Yeah. And you're kind of lost. Like, where do I go? What do I do? Who am I? I remember when I closed my business at Huntington Beach before I went to Oregon, I shut down my website for a little bit. I was like, oh my God, I don't have a website. Who am I? I was like, I felt lost. Like it was the part of me that I got it back up and I was there, but I redid it. But it was just the things you go through that are pieces of you, how you post your social media. Now it's different. You know, it's just, it's so many places. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, doing some deep reading about how to, how to work help others work through grief or, you know, just recognizing the signs of it um, and maybe some strategies on on how to react. Because we've done a couple of really what I consider to be really beautiful articles on this over the years. I'm going to put those in the show notes for listeners. Um, I'll put links to those in the show notes uh, so you all can tap into those uh, to start your reading journey. And I know there are resources inside of those articles to also tap into. Yeah. And plus also there's times where we like we have to send a client to physical therapy. You know, we know our boundary might, you know, suggest, you know, maybe, maybe you need to go to a grief counselor. We can always suggest, you know, however you can approach a client by the personality, encourage them to go someplace if we can't help them either. Cause we can only do our part where right. we're at, but there's further they can go if they're willing to, cause some will go to support groups, some won't, you know, it's just all the personalities. Yeah. So get, get a referral network yes. or just yes. maybe have a, a worksheet that you can, or just a, a list of resources that you can hand to your client. And, uh, you know, you can only bring Definitely. them so far and it's the, you know, the whole, when you start getting into psychological stuff, it's that when in doubt, refer out. Yes. So if you're aligned with some really good, um, colleagues in your area who specialize in counseling or grief counseling, um, that's probably a, a really great way to, to help your client as well. And don't feel bad if you need it. Like if we need it for ourselves as professionals, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we're weak. Yeah. It does. It just means you need an extra guidance because you're going through something tough. And I think a lot of times in the world these days, maybe it's changing now. It's hard to say if you're sad or you're mourning, because I know when I've been through losses in life and how sometimes you just have all the people that stayed away from you. They think Mm -hmm. loss is weak. Well, when you're better, we'll come back to you. It's like, really? So um, don't think you're weak if you're grieving your business. If you're grieving the changes and now you have to do things, you know, Zoom wise, it's all the changes we've gone through. If as a professional, you feel like you need help, reach out. It doesn't mean you you maybe didn't lose home to COVID, but it doesn't mean what you're feeling isn't valid. Correct. You know, and that it's not grief. It's it's just it's not what the whole world thinks of as, as grief. I mean, exactly. there are griefs in different degrees for different things that happen in your life. Oh yeah. And it could be, maybe you 
I don't know, you have certain clients that called you every week and now they don't because all the changes and you miss them, but you think that's no big deal, but maybe it really, maybe you really miss the people. I mean, there's, you don't even know there's so many things that it could affect it and that, and you're not realizing what's breaking you the most or, yeah, you know what I mean? Yep. I do. Such a, a, a great conversation. I'm glad we touched on that. <laughs> Um, so I've been asking all of my guests lately this same question. Um, uh, so Tracy, imagine that you're talking with a student or a person who is seriously contemplating getting into our industry. What are your top three pieces of advice for them? Learn more. <laughs> Learn. My biggest thing is make sure you know your muscles and where they attach. Because I, I really believe you only go so far. You'll limit yourself. If you don't have more, because if you know your muscles and everything, you're going to get people with MS. You're going to open yourself up to way more of a clientele base because most like most people have something. They have scoliosis. They broke their foot one day. You know, the smaller or smaller clientele of the people's never had anything wrong. But knowing the body to hit these things, I think will help. That's one thing I think. Um, what are your some of your favorite resources for learning? learning about anatomy? Mine. <laughs> well, every, well, every one of my books and my course, I so every book I've written has a chapter anatomy. Okay. Even to the stroke survivors, because I want them to see where their muscles attach when they're trying to do stuff. So, but back in the day, I think I went really into Paul Check years ago. I was really, he was so, he was so great. And that just built on that. So, um, so my, of course mine, but you know, yeah, but there's probably other resources out there, but I just keep going where my things, but even in my course, there's the big chunk of it is anatomy. Where's it attached? Why, what makes his finger move? You got to help a finger, things like that. Um, and plus when I was in Orange Coast College, we had a movement and a movement class. It was just where the muscle, where's the muscle attached? Or what does it do? I took it twice. I took that course twice. I'm like, I can't remember all that. I still don't remember it all, but I have to look stuff up. You know, remember, you know what I mean? Right. So that's one of my things. Learn that. I think I kind of hate the word ego, but always let your be, be kind to your clients. I mean, don't be mean to them. Don't, you know, call them losers. Don't, Oh, you're, you know, you're weak today. I don't know. That doesn't work in my world of clientele. Um, that would be something I would tell a new person coming in there, always to speak to your clients kindly. You can be strong and you can be encouraging and hopeful, but not with insults, you know. And you can challenge them in a positive way. In a positive way, yes. Without someone feeling like, oh, I can't do what they're doing. I'm leaving the room. Right. And what would be the third one? I would say be open to all the different dynamics that's out there in the industry. I mean, there's, I mean, there's yoga, there's Pilates, there's two. I mean, there's so many dynamics and, and titles of different ways to exercise and things. I think it's good to kind of learn a big base of all of them. Then you develop your own thing. I love it. Yeah, that's good <laughs> stuff. So stay open uh, be kind to your clients and keep learning, especially, especially muscle activation technology. <laughs> <laughs> it helped me. Yeah. Well, especially when I had someone come in, when they came in at the beginning and they're coming in with fibromyalgia and arthritis and different things. I'm like, 
oh, I can't pretend I know. They're going to know I'm lying. I just always, in my life, ever since a kid, I always thought if you lie, people just know. They're like, I can't fake it. They're going to know. And if I did, I don't think we have Google them, but if I went and just, we had, did we have Google then? We had some kind of internet. AOL was out. If I just looked up on the internet and taught them, they're going to go, well, I looked that up too. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. I wanted to have greater knowledge that they can just go casually find and, and know they need me. Yeah. So it definitely it, it impacts your credibility, your authenticity yes. for sure. So Tracy, as we come to a close, I was hoping you could first let folks know how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you and your work, the books you've written, et cetera. And then, um, so for example, give us any website info as well as your social handles and then maybe your, uh, your support group as well. And then I would love it if you could leave our listeners with a parting thought about something that you hold to be important in our, in our industry. So my website is www.tracymarkley.com. There's no E in my first name, T-R-A-C-Y-M-A-R-K-L-E-Y.com. I'm also tracyspersonaltraining.com. I'm on Amazon. I have nine books there. I did my first kid's book and it's on the brain because I did a couple books on the brain, easy books. Um, so Tracy Markley at Amazon and on Instagram, I motivate underscore healthy fit. And I also have a couple other Instagram accounts that go with my book, Stroke Recovery Course and things. And all my and YouTube, I'm Tracy L. Markley Fitness. I have a bunch of videos on there and I talk on there too, a bunch of videos for exercise, but mainly towards stroke survivors and neuro things. And, um, but on my website, there's a link to all my social media. Okay, terrific. And my Amazon books. Okay. You can buy them from me in person or on Amazon. You just get them quicker from Amazon. Yeah. And what was the last thing you wanted to know? A, a parting thought. A parting thought. Well, when I do my radio show, I always leave with saying, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not kind to others, you actually cause them stress and you can cause them brain issues. So people that get bullied or get picked on or aren't treated kindly, it can actually make them have a senior life that's harder with maybe more elements. So no being kind to others can affect their health when they leave you. Mm. So it's the goal. It's basically the golden rule. Yeah. Be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Treat others how you want to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Tracy, it it has been such a pleasure talking with you today and and hearing your great ideas. Um, I'm so grateful that you took some time to share your insights and your ideas with us. Thank you. And again, thank you for being patient when I was moving and getting this time to get this done. No worries. It was worth the wait. Thank you. And thank you again, Idea, for my award. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that winds up our conversation with Tracy Markley. Check the show notes for details about getting in touch with her and for the many resources mentioned on today's show. If you're not an IDEA member, learn more about how IDEA Fit Plus membership is truly the mastermind asset that fit pros everywhere are choosing to push their careers forward. If we can answer any questions about how you can enjoy all of IDEA's incredible benefits and career tools, please visit ideafit.com or call our inspired service team at 1-800-999-4332, extension 7. 
This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a happier, healthier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.